May our thoughts, words, and actions be holy and acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I just want to start by echoing Nancy's words. It is good to be together here, both virtually, but especially in person this morning. In our Gospel reading today, we hear Jesus speaking perplexingly and almost cryptically, as he so frequently does in the fourth Gospel. It's sort of a tongue twister to read, and I was worried I was going to get all the words wrong. These words are from the night Jesus was betrayed, when he was at the table with his disciples, This passage of John is called the Farewell Discourse because it's Jesus' last words to them before the crucifixion. Ascension Day was this past Thursday, the day when we celebrate Jesus ascending up into heaven. And so we read Jesus' goodbye words today because he has truly left the earth. This particular portion of the discourse is called the High Priestly Prayer, and it's a conversation between God the Father and God the Son. We sort of eavesdrop on this personal prayer offered publicly. Now, there's much to meditate on in these words of Jesus. We could probably spend a couple weeks thinking about them, but there are a few thoughts I would like to focus on this morning. To begin with, I think we learned something important about the relationship between the Father and the Son in this passage of John. Our God is one God in three persons, and we see that sort of at work here. The Holy Spirit isn't mentioned, but we see two parts of the Trinity moving back and forth. And what we find is a separateness and a oneness simultaneously. Both of these things going on. First, we have the separateness. Jesus talks about the ones that the Father has given him. In order to receive something, you have to be separate from that thing that is given. We also read that the Father sent the Son into the world in the person of Jesus. And there's even the fact that Jesus is talking to the Father. There's this separateness and distance. And at the same time, there is oneness. In this text, there is sort of a dissolution of the boundaries between the Father and the Son. They collapse in on themselves and lose their meaning. For example, Jesus says, all mine are yours and yours are mine. There's no difference here between yours and mine. Jesus even says, we are one. A oneness and a separateness, a kind of relational unity, a back and forth. The next thought that I've been thinking about is Jesus' 
talking about the disciples and by extension us, he prays, protect them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. Jesus' desire for us is that we're one in the same way that God, in the way that the Trinity as one. Jesus wants us to be unified for the barriers between us to collapse. As followers of Christ, to participate in Jesus, to participate in the Son, is at the same time to participate in the Father. And any participation in God is participating in each other because we are the body of Christ. Now, we used to live this way every week. We used to come up to this holy table, gather around, and consume bread made body and wine made blood. And there's a unity in that moment that reveals our true nature, the separate oneness as we are all gathered together. When we kneel at this altar rail, our distinctions disappear and we're one. Here at this rail, it doesn't matter who we are, how much wealth we possess, how many degrees we have, or where we're from. We are all just humble supplicants stretching out open hands to God, longing to participate in divine grace. This is the oneness amongst us that I think Jesus is talking about. And what he means when he says, they don't belong to the world, just as I don't belong to the world. You see, oneness in unity is not something natural to the world. We don't belong to the world. We march to a different rhythm. We hear the sacred heartbeat of God, and that is what patterns our steps. Our world so highly values individualism. We call it independence. We hear all the time about the myth of the self-made person. Look at them. They pulled themselves up by their bootstraps. Look what happened. But that's not who we're called to be as Christians. Rather, we're participants in a holy dance, following the lilt of the Word moving together a separate oneness, a relational unity. The last sort of thought that I'm pulling out of our scripture today is the purpose of this oneness, this unity. The purpose of this instruction isn't an onerous duty to be taken on. It's not something harsh or a burden that we have to bear. Jesus actually says, but now I'm coming to you, and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. Joy made complete. It's about joy. It's about celebration. It's a dance, not a dirge. It's meant to enliven us, to wake up our hope, to give us strength. It's about joy. Of course, for me, and probably for you, 
this relational unity has been really difficult during the pandemic. It's so nice to see faces actually in here instead of just a few of us. For the past year, we've gathered as individuals hovering over glowing screens, remotely present. It's so very hard to feel this separate oneness. And I wonder how we lived into the divine relational unity before the pandemic. How were we one at Trinity? Were we participating in each other through our participation in God? Or were we merely engaging in individual acts of devotion? Did all distinctions end when we crossed the threshold of this building, or did we hold on to the hierarchies and structures of this world that we are not a part of? Were we one as the Father and the Son are one, or did we maintain our distance? Did we tear down barriers, or did we create them? When I think about what it means to be separate yet one as a Christian community, I can't help but lovingly think of my home church. A place that has meant so much to me, a place where a diverse group of people from so many different backgrounds came together as one in the presence of God. A place where I truly learned how to dance to the divine rhythm. When we were gathered at the sacred table to consume the body and blood of Christ, all distinctions melted away. All the labels that the world wanted to put on us lost their meaning. We were one in each other, one in God. Now, Dorchester is significantly different from Concord. Most of us immigrated to the city from various parts of this country or various parts of the world to find a better life, and the resources we had at hand weren't much in worldly standards, but perhaps great in divine standards, but it created a greater need for each other. We needed each other literally to survive, and this oneness was born out of that. But perhaps there isn't that big of a difference between there and here. At the core, we all need connection with others. At the core, sometimes we're all lonely. We feel alone. We are all seeking communion with God. We all want a better world. And that's why we come here. This pandemic has afforded many of us the opportunity to reflect on our lives. Maybe you've seen this in your friends and family. There have been changes in careers, returning to school, moving closer to family or friends, reevaluating what is truly important. And I think this opportunity is also an invitation for us at Trinity Church. We have the chance to reflect on who we are, who we want to be, what it's going to mean to regather as a community. Now, I'm probably just preaching to the choir with all of this oneness and unity, 
You know, maybe we had it all right before the pandemic. Maybe everything was wonderful. Maybe we didn't have it, the separate oneness Jesus speaks about in today's gospel. And I do imagine that Trinity Church actually did those things. But there's always the possibility of more. We can always live more fully into what we are called to be, and perhaps in a new and different way as we regather. We can always lower the barriers between us a little bit more. We can always dance more intensely, more rapturously with each other in God's dance so that the joy of Christ is made complete in us. So at this time, as we're forging ahead into a new future, I would encourage us to keep in mind Jesus' deep desire for us, that we all may be one as the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are one, because this is who we are. This is who we are named after, the great holy, relational unity, the sacred, separate, oneness, the three-in-one, the one-in-three, the body of Christ here in Concord. Amen.